Talk Sunday Night Live, and I'm Donald Wayne. I'm Dennis Lee. Oh, I got you on that outdoor speaker system again. Hi, that sounds weird. It almost sounds like you're in a coffee can or something. Well, as long as it's Folgers. Folgers, good to the last drop. Is that what you're saying? Indeed. <laughs> well, howdy. It's uh, Sunday, and finally, it's gonna rain in atlanta georgia well, it's been drizzling on and off all day hasn't it not here not not three miles away from you because <laughs> mm. i, I well, worked outside you know. all day and i never got wet other than the pressure washer that i was using but yeah drizzled a couple of times over yonder well <laughs> you're just so much further to the south you know <laughs> yeah you got that southerly you flow. You must be on that dry line. Yeah, well, it's, it's been said. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're right, Jess. Uh, not a coffee can, maybe a, <laughs> maybe a uh, coffee crate, Dennis Lee. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you burnt me up, my ashes are probably fit in a coffee can. Wasn't that you in know, a the, movie? The jumbo size. Somebody right. had their ashes put in a coffee can. Um. Yeah. It was. Um. It was. Um. Due date. Yeah. Due date. With Zach Galifianakis and uh, Robert Downey Jr. That was a good movie. See, Robert Downey Jr. was trying to get home to his wife, who was about to yeah. give birth. Yeah. And Zach. And, was, um, how did he end up with Zach? Well, Zach kind of coerced everything, so he um he just uh, Zach made it to where he didn't have any choice. Hmm. So he was trying to bury uh, or trying to um follow his father's wishes and and get rid of his uh his dad's ashes. 
So, well, or something like that. Something along that line, yeah. Yeah. Ended well, up making tea out of it unknowingly. Ooh, well. Um, I guess that's better than having the cat use your urn for a litter box. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the fuckers, uh, or meet the parents. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. Well, it's... Hey, Quinn. Oh, my gosh. Whoops. I lost the whole screen. Whoa. Well, well, well. I don't know what that's about. Okay. It's Sunday, and the world is still turning. Indeed it is. Slightly yeah. off its axis. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a good thing it's tilted, right? Because if, uh, if it wasn't tilted, I mean, it would change the weather and everything. So, Well, now, if you talk to the climate change people, I mean, that's already happening, so. Well, I haven't lately, but, uh, you know, they do make themselves known. I guess uh, they're going to get excited, you know, in, in 2025 when everybody has to drive electric cars, right? Indeed. Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll cut down on pollution because there won't be very many people on the road. <laughs> no. No, we're Other. just getting people back to work from the pandemic. Uh, by the way... Um, you're going to have to do it with an electric car. So don't yeah. worry. Uncle Uncle Joe will make sure you have the subsidy you need to get in that thing. Did you see that article about the Girl Scouts delivering cookies with a drone? No, I didn't. Um, I was, Did they do was, that now? Um, I don't know if it was a test, and I don't know where it was in the country. Um, uh, I could sure almost, be in trouble with that. I almost want to say it's California. Well, I'm kind of worried. You know, they they did. Uh, the FAA has approved a certain amount of uh, drone flights for delivery kind of stuff. Can you imagine all of these drones flying around the city trying to deliver stuff? Um, <laughs> and I just I, I find that yeah, hard like, to believe. Like like ground traffic isn't enough. Well, you know, you got power lines, you've got trees. Uh, here's the, uh, I know I'm, I'm looking at the gloom and doom side of it, but here's the thing. <laughs> How do we know that criminals won't use drones to do uh, bad things to people? Well, I mean, they'll, they'll hack into them. They've already started. I was reading an article today that, um, Crooks are already hacking into these wilderness cams that people are using, like for deer hunters and stuff like that out on the trails. They're uh, they're using those to their benefit. I don't know how. Yeah, well, what um, what good with that? Unless you knew who it was and knew they weren't home. Yeah, I don't. I guess maybe. Um, I don't know. Well, they don't have to do that because people post that they're going away on vacation for two weeks on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I'll be gone and the back door's unlocked. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, Mama, the back door's open so you can get in and, and feed the cats. I think yep. that's an old country song. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> Could be. I- <laughs> uh, I haven't heard it, but uh, it could be. Could be. Um. So, you know, 
How was your weekend so far? Uh, good. Uh, just uh, re- recovering from a long work week and getting ready for another long work week. So it's a short recovery. Well, I got all of my outdoor projects except for one done this weekend. So I get a reprieve with the rain for the next two days. And there you uh, go. then I probably have one more to do by next weekend. Got my out, or we got our outdoor uh, fire pit set up and um, oh, nice gravel around it. And it's, yeah, it's real nice. In fact, <laughs> we had a, we had a little wine and had the fire going last night and throwing firewood in there and had it blazing up pretty good. So much so that the uh, neighbor behind us there where I replaced the fence last year, uh, leaned over the fence, saw his head pop up and he said, Oh, I just wanted to check. He said, I saw the flames. I wanted to make sure your house wasn't on fire. Yeah. There goes old Donald Wayne burning <laughs> down the neighborhood. We're going to have to bring that up at the HOA. Um, I mean, it was, the wood was so dry it uh it you know the flames are shooting up about 10 feet up in the air it's just darn uh, killing Cummings Cummings said that there's a tornado on the ground in Tupelo we've got some bad weather coming our way I'm pulling up the weather now hey Cummings I saw on the uh radar about an hour ago that there was a tornado warning in Mississippi uh east or yeah east of yazoo city i think yeah walmart customers dive for cover as hail punctures skylights oh my goodness um well it'll probably be coming through here about the wee hours in the morning oh yeah it always seems to come into georgia in the middle of the night of course it does other places too yeah i don't know there eric um flying cars they actually have some they just not in not a lot of people driving them, but um, well, isn't that called hovering cars? I mean, <laughs> no, they yeah. actually have a, a, a miniature cars that you can pull over the side of the road and uh, expand the wings, and you can fly that baby right on down the street. Yeah, but what's the height on it? I mean, you know, are you talking four or five feet off the ground, or no, no, it's just a, a, a real plane, a little little biplane. Yeah, well, that could be dangerous. Could be. Um, Does that mean you have to get a pilot's license in order to? I would, I would think that you'd have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never looked into it because that's not anything I plan to have. But uh, you know, um, you ever getting one yeah, of those amphibious cars? No. Have I, or would I or have I? Have you? Oh no! I had a contractor friend that that um, he was back when I was in the apartment business, and he we had this pond that we needed to inspect the depth of. And he says, come on. He had one of these amphibious things that, you know, you could, it had six, I'm at, uh, yeah, it had six wheels. You could drive it on land, but it also went into the water. And this was a big guy. And I he said, why don't you go on out there with me? You've never been in one of these things. So I got in that thing with him and I'm, I swear the water was only about two inches below the top of this boat this thing, this amphibious vehicle. And I just knew that sucker was going to sink before we got back on land, but it didn't, I guess he knew what he was doing, but I don't like them. <laughs> Made me nervous. Well, I was, uh, what movie was I watching? Oh, um, 
Um, yeah. What's his name? That that movie? Uh, yeah. Oh, Lyndon Johnson. He had an amphibious uh, car that he used on his ranch. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I watched a movie about, um, you know, his presidency, his short presidency. Uh, he was a real firecracker. <laughs> oh, I missed Robert there. He was. Uh oh. Looked like yeah, Robert. I can yeah. see that storm going through Tupelo there coming. It looks like a mean one. It didn't look that bad on my radar earlier, but um, it said that there was uh, a tornado on the ground. Yeah, there's one guys... little cell right there, and if you if you move it back and forth, you can see a little hook on it. I'm no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm no uh, weatherman here, but uh, I do know what a hook is. Uh, oh yeah that's a nasty one too. oh that we don't eric says we don't know whether that's really the robert or not well i tell you this is such a challenge <laughs> <laughs> i wish we had a call screener yet i wish there was a way to screen the call you know like they do on uh radio shows where you call in and talk to the screener a minute before they actually get on the air and of course, then sometimes they don't. Now, talk about what, what do y'all? What do you think you'd be talking about, sir? <laughs> You're going to be talking about something nice. Yeah, something. You know, well, this is a family show. We can't have any of that sexual talk on here, sir. Sexual? Is that like? Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that an Oriental dish? Sexual. <laughs> we had. Se- Sexual chicken. Um, I had that last night. Boy. (laughs) And express. And express. My goodness. (laughs) Kung Pao chicken. Uh Indeed. (laughs) Out there with the fire. The fire and the pit. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I, I love the fire pit. I don't know how long we'll get to use it with, with summer coming on, but you know, no, it's kind of hard to have a fire when it's 85 degrees out at night. So, but it's been cool but, at night here. I don't know about tonight. Cause I haven't been out since the sun went down, but Friday night and Saturday night were cool. Once the sun went down. So provided the well, right atmosphere. Went um we went out and did a little garage sale trip, came back to put the stuff in the garage and walked up on a snake slithering through the garage. <laughs> uh did you leave the garage door open? No, no. It, it was a it was a baby. I would probably say like a like a teenage snake. Um, so not quite a baby, but scared of the girls <laughs> to death. That's I slayed it. Um, a teenage, you, know. you killed it? Yeah. You don't? Yeah, well, yeah. No. Yeah, it's poisonous. You're not supposed to kill but, them. Well, you don't just, you know, hey, you know, hang out if you want. Trap, trap them. them. Yeah. I don't have a snake trap. No, just a bucket. No. All you need is a five-gallon Home Depot. I don't bucket. have a five-gallon bucket either, Donald Wayne. Oh, so, um, but, you know, luckily, um, <laughs> I did not get bit by the severed head. Oh, uh, well, that was oh. still, you know, yapping at me. 
I can um, just see you now hacking away at something that was about four inches long in the uh, yard. Yeah. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Um, but, you know, I, I did feel bad after I looked it up after the fact and found out that it was just a common wood snake. Um, uh, I don't think I would way. admit that to everybody, you know. Uh, oh, well, yeah, man, it was a no, dangerous. No, I, 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 I asked for forgiveness. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I'll have to give back in some kind of way to nature somehow. But I did throw it out in the yard to complete the circle of life. So maybe oh, something, yeah. so something would feast on it. Something, yeah, a bird or something to be able to eat it. Um, well, of course, you're uh, over there close to that uh, that wetland. So, yeah, I'm surprised you well, don't have copperheads. Well, we, that's what I'm saying. We do. Uh, there's a bunch. There's a neighbor guy. He's, um, he's come across two big old, like, five foot, six foot copperheads in his backyard that he hey, had Mike. to slay. Uh, and they're poisonous. And um, we're not just trapping those and letting them loose. They <laughs> want to live. They should just stay on down in the creek. Well, so, yeah, but they, yeah. you know, they eat, they eat stuff that's that, beneficial they're poisonous. to you. They're poisonous and just <laughs> snakes yeah, and that's spiders. Yes, right. I'll go over and take care of it. <laughs> okay, well, you, you can trap them and... Uh, be the snake handler and go let him out in the prairie somewhere. But well, um, you, you, for- you remember my story about when I was working in Mobile and I had this maintenance assistant lady call and she lived on a downstairs apartment at the woods. So she had her patio door open. And I, I always told people, always make sure your screen, never have it open without a screen. So a snake got in. She called about the snake. They sent us down there and, I told him, I said, take this five-gallon bucket. I'm going to move the furniture. And when you see the snake come out, you know, put the bucket over its head. That's all you have to do. All well, right. So I'm going to put I'm gonna put a thing on Twitter. I'll, I'll say that after you're done. I'm sorry. I, I and, apologize. Go ahead. So I, uh, the lady screamed. She said, there it is. I turned around. This guy had jumped up on into her sofa, you know, with his feet with the shoes on and he was screaming too and uh the snake was about you know it wasn't a foot long so he had dropped the bucket and i had to get the bucket and throw it over the snake and we got him out of there alive took him down into the woods i said so well so much for having a helper well well i will put a i will put a um a poll on twitter so you oh i thought you were going to show the you gonna post no, a picture across, of this? No, I'm not gonna killed? post a picture of it. I okay. did take a picture of it though, but it's not like I was beside it, holding it up in the air or anything. Um, hey, Moon will, Feather. Uh, I will take. I will put a poll up on Twitter to see what you would do um, if you came across a snake in your home. Oh, okay. Well, how many you know, people you- would try and capture it, and how many people would try and kill it? Um. It, it was unfortunate, but you know. Well, if you have know. that again, all you I don't is- have time to look up on the phone and see, you know, <laughs> and, and see if it's venomous or non-venomous. Hey, snake, hold they, on a second there, buddy. If you want to website, live, websites, you're, you're going to just- let me. Oh well, when you're in the throes of, a, of a, an encounter, um, <laughs> no, hold on I'm- there, snake. You're going to have to just hang right there while I look you up, buddy, and see if All you're right, So you want me to talk about that dog right. encounter that we had? That, uh, 
Oh, no, that was a shameful moment in life, too. You want me to bring that so, story up, Dennis Lee? That was a shameful a moment in life, too. Okay. Well, I'll um, save that for, for some sure. time when I'm really aggravated with you about something. <laughs> when, yeah, I, when when you I, got your chest puffed out, and I'm going to say, well, let's talk about that dog incident. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, well, the sad thing is what you weren't by yourself. No, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I, matter of fact, I think he pushed me out of the way to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> so well, if I'd been closer, y'all would knock me off the wall just so. <laughs> <laughs> Take him. Be like We're George in that a- birthday party where he pushed grandma down trying to get out. There must be a sacrifice. Yeah, somebody's um, got to take one for the team. Yes, yes, I felt bad about it. So I've learned my lesson. Now I know that what is a wood snake and what is a copperhead. So, well, and yeah, the bad thing is that, yeah, there's, like you said, snakes that look very similar. So it's it's hard sometimes when you're in a panic trying to figure out whether or not you should kill it. But um, I've saved two or three here and I just carry them down, uh, to the Creek area and, and, and drop them off down there. So, well, Hey, I'm on my way to the store. I mean, if, uh, you want to here, you can ride with me and I'll drop you off on the way. It seems like you've lost your way here. <laughs> little snake buddy. <laughs> They're so useful in the environment. We need them. They are, but there's no shortage. Uh, they said, especially with the cicada, explosion that we're about to have that snakes are going to be out in full force so they're going to have plenty to munch on really well i tell you what we we should have a big crop of june bugs this this summer too because i've i've found the the little larva all over the yard where i've been digging this grubs yeah Yeah, grubs and they're everywhere i mean it's going to be a bumper crop for somebody well, welcome to the nature part of the yeah, show. This is Wild Kingdom. We should have some animal noises. We well, started it with that. the snake thing. I uh, well, I was just confessing, confessing my sins. But you know, uh, you do live close to the swamp, so that's 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 a prime area. Well, the neighbors are probably looking in shock as I was, um, you know. Hatch, hatcheting away at a uh with uh with my little um my little fireplace shovel that's all i had so well that's better than this guy that worked for me in another apartment complex one time i, I was off getting supplies got a call from the manager and said uh that guy that you hired he's out there with his pistol and he's firing at a snake by the tennis court so, <laughs> uh, and she when she she emphasized the fact that you hired and so i had had to come back and let him go because oh, first of all bringing a gun to yeah. the to the to at that time this was back in the uh-huh. 80s and uh he didn't have a license for it so oh my I goodness said, i said you know it's best that you leave because the manager will call the police so Hey, I'm sorry, buddy, but management frowns upon things like that. And he um, didn't hit the snake. <laughs> he didn't even hit the snake. I said, where's the snake? Oh, it, it crawled away. What are you firing yeah, I, at? I scared it, by God. <laughs> I scared it away. It's, yep, it's, it's history. Yeah, All right. 
Well, let's see. Oh, I got stuff flying around here in, in my little, little green lighted room. Um, my first, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened? It landed on my glasses. I mean, right. Well, that's right. It's a natural attraction, isn't it? I know. Yeah. We started talking about animals. I think we're going to be going to be uh, taken over here. Okay, now I can see it. What was I saying? Oh, um, if you remember Joe Biden's address last week, if if anybody can remember that. Uh, in his <laughs> in his address that he mentioned that he wants to add four more years to public education in this country. Did you hear that part, Dennis Lee? Yeah, yeah he's actually, he's going to cure cancer too. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, he's got a lot of big accomplishments coming up there. Maybe so. they should let, let them experiment on Kamala. But um, he wants to add four years to public education. Two years on the front end, you know, with starting with three years old, three year olds, and uh, two years on the back end, giving people uh, two years of uh, free community college. So there yeah. is this, yeah, uh, not you know, not Harvard or anything like that, but to the community right. colleges. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza posted a video on Twitter of a left wing professor haranguing. Uh, only Dinesh would use a word like haranguing a student with misinformation about the origins of the modern police force. Uh, How did you, do you see that? Uh, harangue someone, Donald Wayne? Harangue? I thought that was something you put on pies. Oh, that's meringue. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I was going to look it up, make sure, in case you ask me what does harangue mean. But yeah, I just want to make sure I've never been, you know, if I've ever been harangued. So. I bet you have. <laughs> I bet I probably have. I bet there's not much that you haven't been no, my goodness. Uh, experienced, well, I should any, say. Anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> so, Dinesh, he links to a story on the uh, Daily Mail by Emily Crane, which states that a California college professor is put on leave after flipping out <laughs> – at a 19-year-old student for calling cops heroes during a presentation on cancel culture, of all things. Uh, that's, that's what we're spending our money on, sending our kids to school, uh, and telling him police were created in the American South to track down runaway slaves. I thought we had police forces long before that, but, you know, maybe that professor knows something that I don't. Uh, the student, Bra Braden Ellis, got into a heated exchange with his professor at Cypress Community College in California after he gave a Zoom presentation about cancel culture in the United States. The female professor, who wasn't immediately identified, kept insisting that police were bad. At one point, she suggested police were created in the South to track down runaway slaves and that it was a form of systemic racism isn't everything. I think cops are heroes, Ellis, the student said. Uh, he's also a business major. He was immediately interrupted by the professor saying, all of them? Before being cut off again, Ellis managed to calmly argue, I'd say a good majority. You have bad people in every business. 
Yet a lot of police officers have committed an atrocious crime and have gotten away with it and have never been convicted of any of it, the professor could be heard saying. Ellis responded, this is what I believe. I do support our police. We have bad people, and the people that do bad things should be brought to justice. I agree with that. The professor interrupted again, saying, so what is your bottom line point? You're saying police officers officers should be revered, viewed as heroes. They belong on TV shows with children. Now, I don't know how you tie that into the conversation, but um, that's what she said. When the student asked his professor whether she would call police in an emergency, she exclaimed she wouldn't call law enforcement because she doesn't trust them. My life's more in danger in their presence, she said. I wouldn't call anybody. When Ellis questioned what she would do if an intruder came into her home, the professor said the class was over. I know it's not popular for me to say that you guys say that to you guys, but that's what I believe about the police, Ellis said. Ellis said he didn't record his exchange with the professor, but took it from her archives after she uh, left him feeling shocked. So, you know, I, I know that's not representative of all professors <laughs> in community colleges, but you can kind of understand why Democrats and Biden especially is so excited about the opportunity to add two more years of uh, free education to uh, high school grads when they're going to be exposed to that kind of thinking by their professors. 16 years of pounding that stuff in their heads. What do you think you're going to get out of that? <clears throat> yeah. Well, they want to start uh, indoctrinating them when they're, when they're little weed, little things now. So yeah, three years old. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it all makes sense when you really tie it together with, you know, their uh, line of thinking. Right. We get them well, at three years old and teach them all of it. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to teach you critical race theory at four. And uh, by the time you get into the first grade, you know, you'll, ha you'll hate the United States. It's a coming. Not um, if we don't let it. Right. Exactly. That's why your vote counts. Um, the Washington Post has a story out by Letitia Beecham um, that I saw that disgusted me earlier today. <clears throat> that is, um, it says that there was a black man enslaved by a white restaurant manager. And, um, and there's, it says in there, the gentleman should be awarded... More than $500,000, the court says. Well, I think he should be awarded a hell of a lot more than that. Um, a black man with intellectual disabilities who was enslaved for five years at a restaurant in Conway, South Carolina, should be awarded double the amount of restitution from the white man now in prison for the crime, according to a recent court ruling. And just to see this guy's smug face on this picture makes me want to slap the shit out of him. But you'll be able to see that on Facebook and uh, make your own determination. As a part of his 2019 guilty plea to a forced labor charge, Bobby Paul Edwards, 56 years old, was sentenced to 10 years in prison and ordered by a court to pay back 
John Christopher Smith $273,000 in unpaid wages and overtime compensation at J&J Cafeteria. And um, I sure hope that place still isn't in business. Um, So the Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit ruled on April 21st that the previous amount decided by a district court had erred and not accounting for federal labor laws entitling him to $546,000 or double the amount he was owed from his imprisonment between 2009 and 2014. Um Through physical violence, threats, and intimidation, Edwards coerced Smith, 43, into working more than 100 hours per week without pay, the Washington (laughs) Post reported. A white restaurant owner admitted to enslaving a black man. He got 10 years in prison. The appellate court sent the ruling back to the district court to recalculate Smith's award based on the delay in getting his payment under the federal labor laws. When an employee fails to pay, or when an employer fails to pay those amounts, regular and overtime pay, the employee suffers losses, which includes the loss of the use of that money during the period of delay, the court argued in its filing. Edgeworth's public defender didn't immediately respond to a request for comment about the latest ruling. Smith started washing dishes and bussing tables at J&J Cafeteria in 1990. When he was just 12 years old, I think that that's a child labor infraction. Um, He had loved his full-time employment there, did he? Uh, When the business was operated by Edwards' relatives, according to court documents. I don't know. They may have been trying to soften that up. But when Edwards took over managing the restaurant in September 2009, paid wages and decent treatment would soon be non-existent. White restaurant manager enslaved black man for um, for years. Federal prosecutors say Edwards moved Smith into a roach-infested apartment he owned that Smith's attorney later described as subhuman, deplorable, oh, there's that word, and harmful to human health. Smith was forced to work more than 100 hours each week without pay and no days off as Edwards took advantage of the black man's mild cognitive disability, court records state. Edwards' reign of terror included keeping Smith isolated from his family, threatening to have him arrested, and calling him racial slurs. Smith said he felt like he was imprisoned with the threat of death. Most of the time, I felt unsafe, like Bobby could kill me if he wanted, he said. According to court records, I wanted to get out of that place so bad, but couldn't think of how I could without being hurt. Smith alleged that Edwards injured him many times over the years. He was whipped with belts and kitchen pans and punched multiple times by Edwards, the court records state. One of the more heinous alleged acts of brutality came when Edwards thought Smith didn't deliver fried chicken to the buffet as quickly as he demanded. In response, Edward dipped metal tongs into hot grease and pressed them into Smith's neck, according to court records. Fellow employees at the restaurant who heard or had seen the abuse were reluctant to report it out of fear of Edwards. Well, I tell you, I mean, I, I really can't even say what I would want to say on that right now. 
Janine Keynes helped put an end to Smith's abuse when she reported Edwards to authorities in October 2014. Keynes had a daughter-in-law who worked at the restaurant and got involved because she cared about Smith's safety, according to the WYFF. Customers that were going in there would hear stuff and they didn't know what was going on and they would ask the waitress and the waitress was so scared of Bobby they wouldn't tell them then what it was. Smith was immediately taken into adult protective services and Edwards was charged with second degree assault and attempted and attempt to establish peonage, slavery, involuntary servitude or human trafficking. For stealing his victim's freedom and wages, Mr. Edwards has earned every day of his sentence. Sherry A. Lydon, U.S. Attorney for District of South Carolina, said in 2019, the U.S. Attorney's Office will not tolerate force or exploitative labor in South Carolina, and we are grateful to the watchful citizens uh, and our partners in law enforcement who put a stop to this particularly cruel violence. And I tell you what, I wish I would have this son of a bitch right here in front of me. He should get a lot more than ten years. So, um, well, they're going to have know, fun with him. They'll have prison. a lot of fun with him while he's in prison, <laughs> and I hope they do. So he'll get I what's mean, coming to him. That's about the only, only thing that you can say about something like that. But I was going to say, as you were reading that, what, what about other employees? Didn't. Didn't somebody else notice this going on? And well, that's what they said that other people saw what was going on, but they were just as scared of this guy as as um, as Mr. Smith was. Was so. that some little hillbilly town there in South Carolina or something? I, I it didn't it didn't actually say the town. So really? wherever Jane J Cafeteria is, I'm definitely going to look it up. I'll probably be surprised where it is, um, but. Um, yeah, I can't. I just can't believe that he only got ten years. Uh, um, you just, you know, you can't even, you can't even figure out how somebody like that could exist in in society today. But um, I mean, he must. He's yeah. He's going to make some new friends when they find out what he's in there for. <laughs> he well, unfortunately, be. in areas of the South, there's a lot more of that than we. Then we um, like to admit, but it's definitely out there. Jeez. But on to uh, more enlightening stuff, I hope, Donald Wayne. Well, I don't know that it is. I don't don't know it's any more uplifting. This is about Seattle, so that tells you something. Oh, well. Um, I mean, if you were looking for anything uh, uplifting uh, today, you might, you might this, have struck out. This is not the day. You have to come back on Wednesday for uplifting. Um, yeah, this is from the uh, UPI uh, and Fox News in Seattle. I think it says Q13. I guess that's the station. Um, evidently. Uh, they had a May Day celebration in Seattle this weekend, and they, they celebrated Saturday and uh, again today. But, of course, the way they celebrate in Seattle is a little bit different than uh, the way that I was accustomed to celebrating uh, holidays or whatever they want to call it in the May Day. It says the Seattle police said they arrested 14 people Saturday during 
unpermitted May Day marches for a variety of crimes from property destruction to assault and reckless driving. Several demonstrations took place earlier in the day in Seattle area as part of the International Workers' Day. Those marches and rallies ended peacefully, however. Later in the day, Seattle police said a group of people dressed in black were moving around downtown Seattle and the Capitol Hill area, blocking traffic and throwing objects at officers and bystanders. Around 2 p.m., police said officers arrested two people in connection with property damage at a coffee shop. Uh, those two people were allegedly spray painting the walls. Uh, shortly after 3 p.m., officers issued a public safety order to a group that was placing hazards in the road. People are actually putting crap in the road for people to either stop cars or for people to run over them, you know, and Jeez. injure the cars uh, or disable the cars. Officers removed a carton of eggs containing both eggs and eggs filled with paint. Now, you had to spend some time filling eggs shells with paint, don't you think? I mean, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, at first, you have to just, you know, put that little tiny hole in there and then suck all that egg stuff out and then uh, pump it in, put, pump, paint, <laughs> pump paint in there. Say that real fast <laughs> pump paint in there. Um, but they use these, these eggs, they would throw them at bystanders on the street. I mean, what kind of celebration is that? Um, hmm. at 4 PM, police gave additional public safety orders in downtown Seattle as people were throwing rocks and bottles just before 5 PM. Police said the, the crowd, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say crowd here, but I'm sure that's what it is. Continued throwing flares, bottles, eggs, and paint at officers. Uh, police arrested persons who said they threw a a bottle through an open window at an SPD vehicle striking the driver. And of course, Seattle hasn't been issuing any uh, permits for demonstrations or marches since last year. Uh, although that uh, they were supposed to rethink that uh, at the end of April. So maybe they just went on on their own and decided to demonstrate anyway, but there's also that goes along with that. There's also a, a video on Twitter uh, I saw two. Now, one, I looked at it, and I'm, I'm thinking it's an old video from last year, even though they just posted it, or maybe they reposted it. But the second one was a video of a car turning into a, a, a multi-level parking garage, and there was a person on the hood of the car that slid off. And when that person slid off, uh, people started running towards the car. Uh but they were showing you know, also that people were in the streets trying to block traffic. And um, evidently somebody jumped on this guy's car <laughs> and he just decided to carry them with them. Um, you know, I got my feelings about that, about, you know, if you approach me and I'm in my car, especially if I'm, I've got my family with me, uh, if, if I'm not by myself and you approach my car and you start banging on it or, or if I'm driving and you step out in front of me to try to stop me while I'm driving, um, or you jump on my car, it's not going to end well because I'm going to take that as a threat. I don't understand these people doing what they do to people in cars. And, um, yeah. it, 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 you know, it takes an idiot number one to, to jump out in front of a moving car. 
uh, I guess they, I don't know, are they daring people to hit them? Um, hey, let's sacrifice Johnny. If, if they don't stop for him, then we can, you know, we can get them. We can uh, jump on the car and, and, and smash it up. But uh, when you look at that video and, and see the guy sliding off the car and then you see the people in the street trying to stop other cars, uh, it, it just doesn't even make sense. The fact that they're allowing them to do this and they don't do anything about it is, is amazing to me. I mean, I used to want to yeah. go visit Seattle. I always, I, I, when I was in business with, uh, you know, in the apartment business, I had a good friend up in Seattle and he kept saying, yeah, come on up here. If you don't mind the rain, it's, it's such a beautiful place. And I never did get a chance to go, but I guess I'll never get to go now because I can't imagine uh, that it would be worth a trip anymore. No, I wouldn't think so. Um I mean, how, how did yeah. they allow, gotten so radical up there? Or what is it in the ocean air or all the rain, the fungus gets in their brains or something? I don't know. I, I don't, don't think know. we have any uh, listeners in Seattle, do we? Uh, yeah, we do. Well, you know, the old man hills up in Washington, uh, which oh, in Washington true. is a beautiful, beautiful place. But Seattle itself has just, you know, gone to hell. So, you know. May have to um, go on some morning and, and ask him. You know what's in the water up there. What what do you think? I know he doesn't. Well, he doesn't. it rains a lot there, you know, and there's a lot of impurities in the in the atmosphere, so it could be the acid rain, Donald Wayne. Mold. That there's along, a lot of mold. You know, yeah, mold, acid rain. <laughs> um, you know, LSD will do it too. So oh, well, taking a lot of that there. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, we blame that on the government too, right? Exactly. Um, There's an article also in Newsweek uh, by Jason Lemon that Iran declares U.S. sanctions at brink of termination as Biden administration says no deal yet. Um, Iran's President Hassan Rouhani declared Sunday that the U.S. has been defeated in its economic war against this country, saying that sanctions are at the brink of termination. Meanwhile, a top official from the administration of President Joe Biden reiterated that there was no deal yet and that negotiations between the two countries are ongoing. Uh, Biden promised during his presidential campaign that he would work to return the U.S. and Iran to compliance with the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action um, and I think that's short for BS, known commonly as the Iran nuclear deal, which was proved under the former Democratic president, Barack Obama, um, oh, approved, uh, not proved because he didn't prove anything. Trump campaigned in 2016 against the international accord, withdrawing the U.S. from the treaty in 2018, despite the strong objections of European allies. And currently, Iranian and American officials are negotiating indirectly regarding the future of the JCPOA in Vienna, Austria. With the enemy's defeat in the economic war and the sanctions coming closer to the brink of termination, considering the recent JCPOA uh, negotiations, there are hopes that the country's economy would return to the course of balance and boom of the years 2014 to 2017, Rouhani said in a Sunday meeting, according to Iran's Tasneem news agency. I mean, 
Well, and I'm sure they're telling the truth over there. <laughs> um, Reliable source. <laughs> right. Well, the Iranian president suggested that his country was about to come out on top of in, in uh, the ongoing negotiations. The Biden administration asserted that there is no deal at the present time. There is no deal now, Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, told ABC News this week. There's still a fair distance to travel to close the remaining gaps, and those gaps are over what sanctions the United States and other countries will roll back, Sullivan continued. They're over what nuclear restrictions Iran will accept on its program to ensure that they can never get a nuclear weapon. I mean, they're probably just about to have one. Uh, The JCPOA, which was implemented in 2016, was initially approved by the Obama administration while Biden was vice president. In coordination with the European Union, Germany, the United Kingdom, France, China, and Russia. China. The deal (laughs) offered Iran international investment and sanctions relief in exchange for the Persian Gulf nation curbing its nuclear program. Because we can trust that what they say they're going to do, they're going to do. Although the United Nations nuclear watchdog consistently verified that Iran remained in compliance with the treaty, I mean, when they would let them into the country, Trump withdrew from the accord in 2018 and re-implemented financial sanctions against the country. Trump's animosity to the international deal drew the ire of European allies who continued to view the JCPOA as the best way to keep Iran from constructing a nuclear weapon. Sounds like there was money in it in there for somebody. In an attempt at showing good faith, Iran remained in compliance with the deal for a year after the implementation of renewed U.S. sanctions. Ah, for a good year. I mean, that's all we need. No, no worries. The country began to steadily step back from its commitments until early 2020. So I guess, yeah, it was working great when it said it would no longer abide by the JCPOA's restrictions unless the U.S. returned to compliance. So, yeah, like um, like we've always been able to trust Iran to do exactly what they said they were going to do, the government, that is. I hate it for the people of Iran that um, yearn for a free and democratic or just a free society there in general. Um, I hate it for them. You know, they've been oppressed for so long. But um, I don't know. Maybe one day they'll be able to break free from it. I mean, Iran's made no secret of the fact that really what they want is the death of America. So, yeah, that that little that little speck on the uh, little speck on the world map is not about to make that happen. No, not alone. (laughs) Not alone. Well, no, not alone. But I don't see them coercing. Anybody, um, you know, they may join. They may join <laughs> into it. You know, be like we were. The, you know, we're the ones that gave them the idea in the first place. But they're not. They're not going to get anybody to sign on. They'll be signing on with somebody else. Same thing with old Kim Jong Un over there in North Korea. I mean, you know, they'd have to sign on with somebody else. But, yes. Well, and that's uh, you know our news for Iran. Just such wonderful stories tonight. I mean, it's, I know, right? it's uplifting. And your next one is even going to be more uplifting, right? I know. I know. 
Well, maybe the second one will. I don't <laughs> The first one's right. not, but first one ought to get Jess Duck's attention. Um she's probably heard it. Or not. Are you there? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, it is my turn. Isn't it it oh. is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, well, uh, oh, we're talking about it. Uh, he's gone again. There ought to be a little meter to show me where, you know, when you do fade out or something, you know. I never know. If I don't yeah. hear breathing, <laughs> heavy breathing. Um, yeah. So let me, uh, let me pull up my buddy here. You have a buddy? Is that one of the trios? <laughs> no. No. Your buddy is... Uh, i tell you what, Hank, about no. that old meaning of life, man. It's like this, man. He's like a butterfly flapping his wings deep down in the forest, man. It's going to cause a tree fall like 5,000 miles away, man. And ain't nobody see it. Nobody don't, don't even happen. You know, you have the baby born into this world, and they don't, they don't got any friends and got no, nothing but to go come in and find out all about them, all the evil, man. Man, see, like, you don't need to know, man. What you gonna, it's like you're born into this world, man. And you got like, it's like this, man, a dust in the wind, man. Or like a dang old candle in the wind, man. You gonna, it don't matter, man. It's <laughs> the old, old, these old town. You know what I think, man? Like, dang old, I think, therefore you are, man. <laughs> well, that's what we tell ourselves, isn't it, Boomhauer? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Words I like that song, Dust in the there. Wind. <laughs> Boomhauer, yes, I do too. Um, and it's out of the Bible too, is it not? Um, oh, wow. so <laughs> don't put me on a spot. <laughs> oh, welcome to Lee's Corner. There's a story today, Jessica. You might have already heard this. Um, there was a tragic. Um, incident in Durango, Colorado, a woman killed an apparent bear attack after take, uh, taking her dogs for a walk. Um, an autopsy this week will determine the official cause of death for a Colorado woman found dead after what authorities suspect was a bear attack. And this is by John Bacon out of U.S. Today. Um, the body um, was found of, of the Durango woman was found, um, who was 39 years old, was found Friday by her boyfriend hours after she didn't return from walking her two dogs, State Park and Wildlife Spokesman Jason Clay said. The attacks come less than two weeks after a Montana wilderness guide was fatally mauled by a grizzly bear that authorities said probably was defending a moose carcass near Yellowstone National Park. I mean... Don't mess with the big bear's meal. Um, Charles Carl Mock, who, 40 years old, was attacked last week while fishing north of West Yellowstone near a campground. Um, in Colorado, Clay said the woman had gone for a morning walk. Her boyfriend returned home at 8.30 p.m. to find the dogs outside and started searching and discovered her body an hour later, Clay said. Wildlife officers responded and observed signs of consumption on the body and an abundance of bear scat and hair at the scene of what uh, Clay said in a statement. Um, that's, that's a nice CP, way to put it. CP, CPW called in a dog team from the U.S. Agriculture Department of Wildlife Services 
uh, to search the area. The dog team quickly found a female black bear with two yearlings nearby. The bears were euthanized and are being taken to CPW's Wildlife Health Lab in Fort Collins for a necropsy. And they had to euthanize the yearlings too? Um, wildlife officers worked throughout the night and into the morning to process the scene, looking for evidence to corroborate that the incident was a wildlife attack. Clay said CPW has received multiple reports from the Durango area of bears becoming active this spring, but this wasn't uh, the first apparent attack. Bear attacks are extremely rare, said Corey Chick, the state agency's regional manager. This is a tragic event and a sad reminder that bears are wild and potentially dangerous. Out of an abundance of caution, the bears were removed for public safety. It was the first bear attack fatally in Colorado since 2009 when a 74-year-old woman was killed and partially eaten by a bear or bears at her home near um, Ure. I hope I'm saying that right. Just Who? Early than Ure, Ure, Colorado, um, or Ure, I don't know, Ure. Uh, early the next morning, federal wildlife officers killed a 394-pound mature male black bear that approached the home and exhibited aggressive behavior. You, Ray. Okay, thank you very much. Um, a necropsy on the large older bear revealed human remains and remnants of clothing in its digestive system. Yeast. Uh, a CPW investigation determined the victim illegally fed bears through a fence in her yard. I mean, come on, people. Have we learned nothing? You don't go feeding the bears. It's not like this is Yogi. Um, God rest her soul. <clears throat> but yeah, that's um, that's, that's horrible. Um, but, you know, like I said, they said it's extremely rare. <clears throat> but um, that can you imagine her boyfriend having to find that? It, um, do you remember the movie? The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. It was a good movie. With a bear scene that he got attacked and mauled by the bear. Right. That was that was a long scene. I couldn't wait for that scene to be over. I mean, that was horrible. That was probably, yeah. you know, fairly realistic, I would imagine, uh, about what it would I be would like. I would imagine. Jeez. Um, and yet, uh, one more uh, quick uh, animal story to round it out. Um, from uh, KMOX, KMOX, um, News Radio 1120. Uh, don't bring cat eyes to St. Louis's airport or you might face legal action. Now, you may say cat eyes, Dennis Lee, that's gross. Um, this is an article <laughs> by Sam Masterson, by the way. So officials with St. Louis Lambert International Airport want to remind all travelers about not bringing a prohibited a prohibited item that they're starting to see more of. Um, the airport says they've confiscated a number of self-protection devices known as cat eyes in re recent months. Anyone found with one in St. Louis may face legal action as it is considered a concealed weapon in St. Louis County. And you'll see the picture on our Facebook page. It does look like the face of a cat. Uh, with pointy ears and its little mouth and nose. And it looks like you could put two fingers through it. And the pointy ears would definitely stab somebody to death. Um, 
So the weapon is often found on keychains, and its spiked ears can be used to hurt others. Um, the police are contacted anytime a TSA detects the item, which uh, leads the, to the passenger being removed from the security line, taken to the airport police station, and the passenger may be prosecuted under state statute or St. Louis County ordinance or made to work at the animal rescue shelter. I just threw that in there. Um, so if you are flying over the upcoming holidays and you want to a smooth trek through TSA security in St. Louis, as well as no additional time spent at the airport police, keep the cat eyes at home. The report the airport asks. Um, so, you know, don't, uh, don't bring your kitty to the airport. That's, uh, it looks like that would definitely hurt. Is that um, like some kind of martial art kind of thing? I don't know. It's not like one of those throwing stars, um, but it was the one you put. It looks like you put your fingers in it and you just kind of jab somebody with those cat ears. <laughs> it looks. I mean, it looks that looks deadly. I mean, in the jugular, that'd be it. So, I guess so. Uh, but that's uh, that's all we got. I do one of those Indiana Jones things <laughs> when the when the the guy was swinging the sword and he's going to come attack him and the I guess it was the oh, first yeah, just, just <laughs> he just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Yeah, took care of that. Took care of that, buddy. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see if I can make this little thing work right here. <laughs> My come on, man! I found it the other day, but it's I can't find one exactly the one I want. That's where it's short. Oh, there's a picture of my bonfire. Oh wow! Come on, come on, come on, man! Come on, man! Used to convey everything from sarcasm. My heart breaks. Come on, man. To enthusiasm. Oh, come on, man. Let's do it. In just a single interview, we counted four of them. Hey, come what on, happens man. most? Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, come on, man. Oh, sure. Other Bidenisms may be more plentiful. Look, 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 look. Guess what? The fact of the matter is. The fact of the matter is. Folks, folks, uh, folks. Look, look, folks. But look, folks. Come on, man. Is so much more expressive. It's all about round-the-clock sex. It's all. Come on, man. Whether he's dismissing Whoa. outdated attitudes or challenging <laughs> President Trump to a push-up contest. I said, come on, Donald. Come on, man. How many push-ups you want to do here, pal? At least. That's kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> so, I mean, why would he want to challenge Trump to push-ups? <laughs> I mean, that low, that low inviting voice of his. Um, I know. Come on, man. And that one about the sex, I don't. I I must have missed that interview when when they got yeah, him. I don't I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Um. All right from uh, from Huckabee's Morning Edition newsletter uh, says, "Say this isn't true, please." Did you think that the bite? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I lost everything again. Blank. Oh no. Did you think that the Biden-Harris methods of dealing with illegal border crossing from Mexico couldn't possibly get any stupider than they already are? <laughs> I did it again. Well, the president of Mexico thinks he can use the hysteria over the climate to convince them to try. Um, 
Let's see. I got to click on another one here. And this is from the Western Journal by Mr. Cowhick, which I use quite often. I guess he's the only writer over there at the uh, Western Journal because that's the only name that ever comes up. Anyway, Mr. Cowhick says, this is just as stupid as it sounds. Vice President Kamala Harris is set to meet next month with Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador to discuss solutions. How about that? Was that did that come out all right? Uh, <laughs> uh, you did that quite well. Um, oh, you're you a, know, I, fluent. I am from South Oak Cliff to discuss solutions to the immigration crisis at the border between the two countries. One of those possible solutions is Lopez Obrador's Planting Life Initiative, which he pitched during a virtual climate summit hosted on April the 22nd by Joe Biden. The idea is that the U.S. government would offer temporary work visas, possibly leading to citizenship citizenship. <laughs> to migrants willing to help restore forest in Mexico and Central America. The Mexican Mexican president offered Biden the opportunity of a lifetime, saying his U.S. counterpart could finance the planting life program in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. The proposal is that we extend this program to southeastern Mexico and Central America to plant 3 billion more trees and create 1.2 million jobs. He claimed the program would motivate farmers to stay on their land instead of migrating to the United States. Does this sound like a great deal for the U.S.? Common sense says not at all. But as we know, the Biden administration is lacking in common sense. Mexican Foreign Affairs Secretary Marcelo Ebrador tweeted Saturday about Lopez Obrador's May 7th virtual meeting with Harris. The meeting will discuss cooperation to deal with the pandemic and Mexico's proposal to extend the planning life program to Central America. And that will help deal with the forced migration due to poverty. It will be a productive and cordial conversation, he says. All that would truly make this meeting productive for the United States, though, is Harris rejecting the plan in its entirety? Thankfully, the vice president's office did not mention planting life whatsoever in its statement, saying only that the meeting will focus on the common goals of prosperity, good governance, and addressing the root causes of migration. And they really got to study that, huh? So Americans could walk away from this meeting with relatively unharmed. It's not surprising that Mexico would offer the Biden administration such a proposal as this, though, given that the White House already has elected to put America last in its immigration policy. According to Customs and Border Protection data, Border Patrol agents encountered over 172,000 illegal immigrants in March alone, an increase of more than 70% from February's already staggering 101,000. Further data shows that unaccompanied minors are also coming in droves to the border. 18,890 unaccompanied minors were encountered last month by the Border Patrol, six times more than the number encountered in March of 2020. Under Biden, twice as many children are in Border Patrol custody compared with the Trump administration. Meanwhile, the law enforcement is still reeling from the effects of Biden's executive order revoking emergency status from the border, 
drug cartels are able to essentially waltz beyond the incomplete border wall and into American communities, causing havoc wherever they tread. It's clear to everyone paying attention, domestic and foreign, that the Biden administration does not explicitly care about the border crisis. Mexico and the rest of the world can see that Biden is either inept or malicious in his handling of the border and, as can be seen by Lopez Obrador's ridiculous proposal, they will attempt to capitalize on it. And that's, come on, man, for today. So we're going we're gonna to pay people to, we're going to pay for the planting of all these trees in Central America and, and Mexico. And then that's going to give these people a one-up on citizenship to the United States. Makes sense. To me, Perfect keep them sense. coming. <laughs> keep them coming. <laughs> all right. Um, well, there's a, there's a story on um, The Wrap by Jeremy Fuster. Who? That uh, Fuster. Fuster or Cluster? Um, uh, it could be a cluster of Fuster. But, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> Senator, Senator Tim Scott says Democrats' remedy for racism is fighting bigotry with bigotry. So South Carolina Senator acknowledges a history of discrimination in the U.S., but the debate should be over how do we resolve these are those issues going forward? Republican Senator Tim Scott expanded on this on his America is not racist comment he made in response to President Joe Biden's speech last week, saying Sunday that the Democrat solution of taking from some to give to others doesn't work. He says the question is, is there a lingering effect after a couple of centuries of racism and discrimination in this nation? Scott told Face the Nation on uh, host John Dickerson on Sunday. The answer is absolutely. The question we should be debating and fighting over is how do we resolve those issues going forward? One side says, I'm going to take from some to give to others. Fighting bigotry with bigotry is hypocrisy. It just doesn't work. Dickerson questioned Scott's reasoning, saying that communities of color have been disproportionately affected by COVID and that that's laid bare a lot of the inequities. So you're, you're not saying that then making uh, sure that there's money that goes to those black communities is a bad thing. Scott responded with an example. He pointed to a $4, a $4 billion stimulus package Included as part of Biden's and the Democrats recently passed $2 trillion American Rescue Plan. The package provides loan forgiveness to farmers of color in an effort to counter decades of racial discrimination by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which has been hit with lawsuits by black farmers in 1999 and 2010. But the package has now been hit with its own lawsuit filed by white farmers in four Midwestern states. When you pass a COVID package with $2 trillion of spending, and in your package you hide in there, uh, if you're a black farmer, we'll give you resources, but if you're a white farmer, you're excluded from those same resources, Scott said. That's taking from one to give to the other. Scott, the only black Republican senator, was selected to provide the GOP response 
to Biden's first speech to Congress since taking office. His comment that America is not a racist country prompted a backlash from Democrats and leftists, with Twitter eventually stepping in after the derogatory phrase Uncle Tim, a play on the Civil War era phrase Uncle Tom, referring to an exceedingly subservient person of color, began trending in the hours following the speech. Tim Scott's denial of American racism is so triggering because having a black person publicly deny its existence in a major public forum gives power to people who prefer to deny racism so they can avoid combating it so they can maintain maintain the white supremacist status quo, former MSNBC um, host Tour tweeted on Friday. But in response to Scott, Biden said, I don't think America is racist, but I think the overhang from all of the Jim Crow and before that slavery have had a cost and we have to deal with it. Scott thanked Biden on Face the Nation for his response, but when digging into the potential solutions for addressing racial inequality, there were still major differences. On the matter of police reform, Scott said that he believes Congress is closer to passing laws against no-knock warrants and chokeholds and is pushing his own proposal to allow civil lawsuits to be filed against police departments instead of individual officers in order to force a culture change in departments. But Scott joined Republicans in opposing Biden's corporate tax rate increase from 21% to 28% which Biden says will provide for more programs that benefit underserved communities, even though that rate is still lower than the 35% corporations faced under Barack Obama. Scott says the raise would rebalance the world against American workers. You cannot compete in a global competition with higher taxes versus lower taxes and expect to win more of the contracts. That's, Kind of simple, he said. But I thought that was an interesting article about what Tim Scott had to say about Biden's remarks and his uh, little spiel he he did on Wednesday. Did you uh, did you hear Tim Scott's response, his uh, rebuttal to Biden's address? No, I did not. I actually. Uh, used it on uh, Thursday night. Um, it's really a good response. I mean, I guess that's a matter of opinion based on the fact that I'm a conservative, but it's really a good response. And um, and he's taken a lot of heat from it because him, him talking about America not being systemically racist. Um, right. And it's amazing. You know, if you really want to see the... Democrats' true colors, or maybe we should say liberal, because I, I honestly believe that all Democrats don't feel the same way these idiots are that we have in Washington right now. But because, you know, like I said, I have a lot of Democrats in my family. Um, they don't speak to me anymore, but huh. I, they just don't. Um, you know, they just will not accept a conservative that's black. You know, it's amazing that they talk about racism, but yet when there's a black conservative in the news or that speaks out against, you know, things that liberals want to do or are trying to do or have done, you know, they give them a hard time. 
and, and they just dis, dis, uh, discredit them for, you know, not being in the herd with the rest of the liberals. And it's, I, I don't know why people don't call that out more, but uh, I think they're beginning to. And I, I think Tim Scott is going to be one of those people that's going to just stand back and uh, put his hand up and say, not on my watch. You're not doing that to me. Yeah. So, well, it was it was a good good response. Uh, I think you can read it online, or you can uh, catch it on uh, Thursday night's uh, uh, podcast, which you missed. <laughs> and, you know, I I was scrambling yes. since you weren't going to be here, and I didn't have a lot of time, so I said, "Well, I'll just use this, this, and this," and really only did about an hour show. Uh, but I did not do it live, so um, I did save myself that. There you go. But I, I like I was, I was, uh, it was um, unfortunate, but I was being hammered at the time. You were hammered. Well, I, yeah. I'd rather you not come on the show hammered. No telling what you'd say. <laughs> I mean, Indeed. Tristalk hammered, hammered, and and. Uh, yeah, but it's it, he's uh, it's a good response. I'd check it out. Let's see. So from freshoffthepress.org, we have Senator Ted Cruz drops the mic on leftist corporations. I mean, I thought it was some kind of uh, open mic contest at a bar, but um, oh, yeah. So anyway, the liberal media tried to make Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, they tried to take him down over a stupid two day trip to Cancun during the winter storms in Texas earlier this year. Uh, he came home. He admitted he had messed up and he got on with his business. Cruz didn't grovel. He's very familiar with the kind of humili humiliation and bullying that progressives like to engage in and wouldn't play along. I mean, he did survive uh, Donald Trump's bullying back in the, in the 2016 election. Uh, now Cruz just make a new announcement to the leftist lunatics in this country, specifically to those who are now running numerous large corporations. Game over. No more Mr. Nice Guy, Cruz says. For almost half a century, the GOP has been a reliable ally of free enterprise and corporations who want to innovate and make a profit. Ever since the fusionism of the 1970s, when libertarian and free market Randinians, I'm not even sure what that is. I was going to look that up, but I ran out of time. Join forces with the traditionalist Christians in the South. Did you remember hearing about that, Dennis Lee? I did not. The Randinians, Rand, Randians. That's uh, a science fiction movie, I think, it was titled. <laughs> but the they joined forces with the Christians and uh, to create today's Republican Party. The name of the game has been to make things easier for businesses and boost the economy. Far too often, in reality, that's meant giving a pass to multinational corporations who sell out American workers and strip the industry and resources of this country. It's also allowed something to creep up on conservatives that's now become a serious problem. 
woke left wing corporations forcing their insane progressive views and bullying prejudices on red states and Bible believing conservatives. They recently teamed up to trash talk a fair and square bill that increases voting laws in the state of Georgia to make sure elections don't get hijacked. Coca-Cola, Delta, and others said that they were outraged by democracy apparently. By democracy apparently. Hmm. I think something's missing from that. More companies piled on. American Express, Hewlett Packard, Nordstrom, MasterCard, Straw, Star. Have you ever been to Strawbucks? Starbucks. <laughs> Strawbucks. That's you know, that's where you get a bunch of wheat products. Verizon, Uber, Wheat? who? <laughs> Uber, <laughs> Pfizer, Google, GE, Merck, Bank of America, and Boeing. I've canceled all of my accounts with those people. And we're going all on about the new Georgia law. They claimed it was about race, saying the bill was designed to block black people from voting. There was no work on why these woke corporations think black Americans can't get an ID. Now Cruz told the big business leftists that they can show themselves to the exit door. Cruz to woke corporations, your money is no good here. In an op-ed that he wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Wall Street Journal, Cruz took down those woke idiots, blasting them for not actually understanding anything about the Georgia voting law and just repeating tired talking points from the DNC. Yes, business creates jobs, but that support doesn't have to be unconditional, Cruz emphasized. It's past time to put these fair weather friends in their place. This time, we won't look the other way when Coca-Cola's $12 billion in back taxes owed. This time, when Major League Baseball lobbies to preserve its multi-billion dollar antitrust exception, we'll say, no thank you. This time, when Boeing asks for billions in corporate welfare, we'll simply let the Export-Import Bank expire, Cruz explained. For too long, woke CEOs have been fair-weathered friends to the Republican Party. They like us until the left's digital pitchforks come out. Then they run away or mouth off on legislation they don't understand and hurt the reputations of patriotic leaders protecting our elections and expanding the right to vote. Enough is enough. Damn straight. That's the author of this article. Whatever you think of Senator Cruz, he's a brilliant legal mind. Remember, he was even being considered for SCOTUS under Trump. Question mark. And he deserves the backing of all conservatives on this. Cruz has taken big money from corporations and he admits it. But he said that is all over now. As America's greatest basketball player observed years ago, Republicans buy sneakers too. We cast votes too. And we pay attention when CEOs come after our own just so they can look good for a few editorial pages and radical activists. To them, I say... When the time comes that you need help with a tax break or regulatory change, I hope the Democrats take your call because we may not. Amen to that. Well, that's one. Damn straight. 
kiss my grits. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's always been amazing to me. I mean, Republicans have always been aligned with big business. And and I, I did a, a mini pod, I think it was last night or it could have been Friday night, talking about how the role is reversed in this country. And actually, um, Repu- I mean, Democrats now actually have the backing of the more uh, the richer um, people in the country, more or less, and Republicans, uh, typically their, their backers, their supporters all are under a hundred thousand dollars a year right. and in general, you know, a big percentage of it doesn't mean there's not any rich, uh, ultra rich people supporting <clears throat> Republicans, but, uh, that role is reversed in, in, in the last 20 years. So, hey, got to stand up sometime. Stand up. Even if it's a little late, at least you show up. That's right. Um, There's an article out of USA Today by uh, Hyung Jin Kim uh, that North Korea, Hyung Jin Kim, um, North Korea warns U.S. of a very grave situation over Biden's speech. Doesn't Doesn't it just sound, you know, this little punk... Um, Kim Jong-un, it just seems he always runs to the mouth when we have a presidential change or they're mentioned somehow. He, he just got to run at the mouth about it. Well, um, I think he, he feels, you know, he knows the United States is not going to attack him just out of the blue, even with what he says. So, you know, he can run well, his yeah. mouth. Yeah, it's like throwing a rock and then running away. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Seoul, Seoul, South Korea, um, North Korea on Sunday warned the United States will face a very grave situation because President Joe Biden made a big blunder in his recent speech by calling the country a security threat and revealing his intent to maintain a hostile policy against it. I mean, well, what did they think he was going to do? Um <laughs> So last week, Biden, in his first address to Congress, called North Korea and Korea's and Iran's nuclear program serious threats to American and world security and said he'll work with allies, <clears throat> excuse me, to address those problems through diplomacy and stern deterrence. Um, they needn't worry about his stern deterrence, that's for sure. His statement clearly reflects his intent to keep enforcing the hostile policy against the DPRK as it had been done by the U.S. for over half of a century. Kwon Jung-gun, a senior North Korean foreign ministry official, said in his statement, uh, DPRK stands for the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, if you didn't know, the official name of North Korea. It is certain that the U.S. chief... uh, 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 Yeah, yeah, Democratic, and uh, yeah, very loosely put. That's that's an odd little comparison. (laughs) Isn't it? Um, We should be afraid of that. (laughs) It is is certain that the U.S. chief executive made a big blunder in the light of the present day viewpoint, Kwan said. Uh, Now that the keynote of the U.S. new DPRK policy has become clear, we will be compelled to press for corresponding measures. And with time, the U.S. will find itself in a very grave situation. I must control the market on some you know, um, luxury item that we're, um, supplied with or something. Cause I, I doubt they mean anything else. 
Um, oh, hello. Um, Quan <laughs> didn't specify. That's probably him buzzing me now. Oh, yeah, big guy. Quan didn't specify what steps North Korea would take. And his, and his statement could be seen as an effort to apply pressure on the Biden administration as it's shaping up its North Korean policy. And, you know, that's, that's, a, funny, that's a funny little statement there. Could be seen as an effort to apply pressure. Uh, again, I would I would um, get everybody's attention focused to the world map and see how big North Korea actually is. Uh, anyway, I digress. The White House said Friday that the administration officials has completed a review of U.S. policy toward North Korea, saying Biden plans to veer from the approaches of his two most recent predecessors as he tries to stop North Korea's nuclear program. Press Secretary Jen Psaki said, uh, did not detail (laughs) findings over the review, but suggested the administration would seek a middle ground between Donald Trump's grand bargain and Barack Obama's strategic patient approaches, and um, that we'll circle back around to that. Um, Kwan's statement didn't mention Psaki's comments, and I I know it's Psaki, but... uh, um, after a series of high-profile nuclear missile tests in 2016 and 17, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un launched summit diplomacy with Trump on the future of his growing nuclear arsenal. But that diplomacy remained stalled for about two years over differences in how much sanctions relief North Korea could win in return for limited denuclearization steps. In January, Kim threatened to enlarge his nuclear arsenal. Well, I mean, really, <laughs> and build more high-tech weapons targeting the U.S. mainland. Only you. Saying, <laughs> saying, saying the fate of bilateral ties would depend on whether it abandons its hostility policy. In March, he conducted short-range ballistic missiles tests for the first time in a year, though he still maintains a moratorium on bigger weapons launches. Um, So if Pyongyang agrees to working-level talks, the starting point of negotiations would be a freeze of North Korean testing and development of nuclear capabilities and delivery systems, said Leif Eric Easley, a professor at Iwa University in Seoul. If, uh, on the other hand, Kim shuns diplomacy and ops for provocative tests, Washington will likely expand sanctions, enforcement, and military exercises with allies. So um, we know that they don't like those military exercises off of their, off the coast there. Um, also Sunday, an unidentified North Korean foreign ministry spokesman vowed a strong separate response to a, U- a recent U.S. State Department statement that it would push to promote accountability for the Kim regime over its uh, egregious human rights situation. He called the statement a preparation for an all-out showdown with us. I mean, so there must be, I mean, definitely there is a a, a misunderstanding. Uh, They need to get a better interpreter. I think they're just not not getting it. uh, They're not understanding it the right way. Um, Kim's powerful sister, uh, Left Eye Lopez. Uh, nope, nope, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Kim <laughs> Kim Yo Jong also slammed South Korea over anti Pyongyang leaflets floated across the border by a group of North Korean defectors in the South. 
the group's leader, Park Sang-Hak, said Friday he sent 500,000 leaflets by balloon last week in defiance of a balloon. new contentious... <laughs> yeah, balloons in defiance of a new contentious South Korean law that criminalizes such action. We regard the maneuvers committed by the human waste in the South a serious provocation against our state and will look into corresponding action, Kim Yo Jong said in a statement. She accused the South Korean government of winking at the leaflets. I'm, I don't know. I'm sure that means something else that we probably can't talk about on the show. Seoul's Unification Ministry responded later Sunday saying it opposes any act that creates tensions on the Korean Peninsula and it will strive to achieve better ties with North Korea and try not to look them directly in the eyes. Easily said, the North Korean statements by Kwon and Kim Yo-jong show that Pyongyang is trying to drive a wedge between South Korea and the United States ahead of the May 21st summit between Biden and South Korean President Moon Jae-in. And that's all I can say about that. I have to say that you have the unique (laughs) ability to find an article some of the most uh. unpronounceable names. <laughs> You're like 10 or 15 people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I could be a foreign dignitary by I now. Bet. I mean, I'm. You could be a foreign trained. something, but that. <laughs> I like Mandarin oranges. Is that good enough? I mean, I've done a few articles. So. You like Macadanians? <clears throat> Macadanians? Uh, well, Not Danians. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, Donald Wayne. Um, <laughs> right, I oh, would think so. Uh, Billy Joe, I mean, really? I I, I can't be... even respond to that. I can't. I can't yeah. because the first thing that came to my mind is, no, I can't say that. So yeah, let's let's don't take yes. it too far. I know. I'm. You know, I really struggle sometimes to uh, <laughs> not just say the first thing that pops in my head. Well, uh, I have it under control. Medication and. <laughs> And restraints, you know, personal restraints. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm looking. I'm looking at a picture of Joy Behar that must be forty years old because she looks nothing like that now. Anyway, I've got just a, a fairly quick story from Red State, uh, RedState.com. Yeah, RedState.com. I believe um, Eric Erickson used to be with RedState.com. The guy that. Now he's taken the uh, place of, uh, or he's in the time slot of Rush Limbaugh that he had. Anyway, um, this article says, Unreal Joy Behar claims Tim Scott doesn't understand what systemic racism is. Uh, I actually saw the clip of her saying that. uh, Maybe it was on Friday. You know, it, it, it gave me cause to be ill. But, uh, you know, I knew I knew the ladies on The View would would chime in on that, on Tim Scott's response. So it goes on to say, now it's pretty clear that Joy Behar tends to shoot off her mouth before she thinks. But sometimes it even goes beyond her usual disconnect from reality. Let's see who does this article. Nick, Nick Arama. See, I get names like Nick Arama and you've got. Chow Yun Fat. Well, that sounds sounds like channels I don't get. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Such as when she thinks she can try to school Senator Tim Scott on what racism is about in this country. I'm kind of thinking he knows just a little more about it than she does. But on The View, Behar and Whoopi Goldberg were talking about how Scott said the United States wasn't a racist country during his Republican response to Joe Biden's speech to Congress. First, Behar attacked Republicans. When he says, Biden, we're on a track to cutting child poverty in half, and you look around the chamber and nobody on the Republican side is standing or clapping, does that mean they're for child poverty? When Biden says he wants clean water and Kevin McCarthy is sitting on his hands and not reacting, does Kevin McCarthy like dirty water? This is Joy Bayar. What a juvenile take. No, Joy. Republicans know that Biden is full of nonsense and they're smarter than you not to buy into it. That's why they're not clapping. They know that anything Biden is pushing is about Democrat power. Joy would apparently like everyone to clap for dear leader, whatever he says, because that's unity to her, the unity of the cult. Joy is the unthinking Democrat. Just accept the talking points and clap. Then she went. Oh, then she went over the side. Now, Tim Scott, he does not seem to understand, Behar argued, and a lot of them don't seem to understand the difference between. Mean? I don't know what them is. OK, uh, I'm just reading the sentence. <laughs> uh the, the difference between a racist country and a systemic, systemic racism, they don't seem to get the difference. Yes, maybe it's not a racist country. Maybe Americans, the majority, are not racist. But we live in a country with systemic racism. The fact that Tim Scott cannot acknowledge this is appalling. How can you go out there and say that when you just said two minutes ago you were the object and the victim of discrimination. Then he says, this is not a racist country. At least acknowledge that there is systemic racism. That's what I wanted to hear from him, and he didn't say it. Does Behar think she understands racism more than Scott because she wore blackface years ago? And this picture that I'm looking at is with her in blackface. Um, that's, but like I said, it's 40 years ago. Privileged liberal thinks she has to educate a black man about racism. By the way, shouldn't this have gotten her booted from society, but for the exception for liberals? Mm, Joy, maybe Tim Scott can say we're not a racist country and there isn't systemic racism because it's true. If there is present systemic racism, racism built into the system, through the laws or the rules, please point it out. If anything, the only systemic racism seems to be that the being pushed by Democrats with their effort to view everything through the lens of identity politics. There isn't necessarily systemic racism if there are instances of racism by individual actions. There is if the racism is built into the laws and or the system it's not that hard a concept. As the reaction to Tim Scott's speech shows, the people who really seem to have an issue with race 
are the Democrats who attacked him and called him an Uncle Tom, Uncle Tim. I mean, they corrected themselves because of Democrats. They are not going to attack my policies, Scott responded about the attacks. They are literally attacking my col the color of my skin. You cannot step out of your lane, according to the liberal elite left. Maybe Behar should have a little inner reflection and clean up her own liberal house of the bigots. <laughs> so that's about. I mean, what is, she, what is she doing to help promote a, um, you know, a bridge between, between the, all this uh, racial divide? You know, what is she doing other than she, you know, I just, it sounds like she's promoting the, there's, there's no unification. There's no, nothing in her, in her words sounds like unity at all. Sounds like you're doing anything to unify anybody. Sounds well, like it's doing more to just keep people divided. Because calling, you know, continuing to call one side or the other out, let's, there's no real solutions being put out there. Well, that's there's one of the things. But I, no, go, I, ahead, go ahead. I, I talked about it Thursday night a little bit because I did watch a little bit of his uh, address because I wanted some point of reference and I really tried. I was like Tim Cruz who was falling asleep. They kept showing him and his eyes were closing. Um, and I knew that'd be all over social media this week, but I haven't really seen it. Uh, but you know, Biden started out talking about America first, America, this American made American jobs and, and the, Democrats were, like, uh, especially Pelosi and, and Kamala Harris, were just like yo-yos. I mean, they were up and down quite frequently in the beginning. And it was typical, just like when we saw Trump, you know, get, doing his address and the Democrats would sit on their hands. And uh, But, you know, at least Nancy Pelosi didn't tear the speech in half this time like, like she did with Donald Trump. But, you know, Biden says all the stuff about America and, and doing things for America and this. And, and they think it's the greatest thing since, you know, uh, instant grits. But when Donald Trump was saying it, you know, they called him a racist. It didn't matter when Donald Trump said it. And, and you know, all the Democrats sat on their hands during that. So it just it's appalling that there's a, a double standard here, you know. They, they question why Republicans didn't stand up and clap to the things that Biden was saying. Well, why didn't they clap on any of the things that Donald Trump was saying? Um, right. And, but people like Joy, I don't know why in the world. I think she's, you know, she should retire. She certainly has enough money. But uh, I think I, actually she did retire and she came back. Uh, I don't know if they begged her to come back, but. It's just sad, you know, and you couldn't have a, a white Republican get on there and question, you know, a, a, a black representative or a black senator like Behar did without being roasted. You would absolutely have to, they'd be calling for them to be fired. <laughs> or if you were in a public office, they'd be calling for you to be, you know, uh, uh, well, still fired. So, but Joy Behar, it's just, I, I just find it 
I'm so glad I'm not working in that customer's house right now that uh, used to watch The View every day. Oh, my gosh. I had to listen to that. And it's like, uh, please, just let me have the patience to get through this. So, you know, she is Joy Behar. Nothing's changed. No, no, not likely to anytime soon either. All right. Uh, in fact, I can't play it, though, because it's I don't have it set up where I can. But she actually, I saw the clip when she was saying, you know, Tim Scott doesn't understand uh, racism. So I'm sure he would be glad to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her about it. Indeed. All right. Dennis Lee. You well, um, we're about that time. Yeah, we're about that time. Yeah, so it's joyless Behar, Eric says. Uh, indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, we'd, we'd, we'd appreciate it if you'd uh, go on to Twitter and uh, tweeter us and um, engage us at uh, Tristalk WG Moon. If you'd like to send us, um, you know, any suggestions for the show or have any comments about the show or any, you know, of those wild picks and please keep them clean. Um, then do that at tristalk 69 PTS at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Spotify at tristalk and Amazon music at tristalk. And we encourage you to follow us on Facebook. Um, and we post a lot of the articles we use there and all these shows are posted on there as well. And we got some wacky picks on there, too, that we add uh, to from time to time. And, um, yeah, so be sure to follow us on Tristalk on Facebook. And, look, we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. the Eastern Time Zone. And um, then if you would, uh, with well, oh, well, Dennis Lee, with also impromptu shows outside of that time, which mainly means mini pods and, uh whew, Donald Wayne has been tearing up the mini pod circuit. I encourage you to go back and listen to those mini pod uh, casts. So um, good job, Donald Wayne. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, but then it, yes, go right ahead, sir. I don't know. I was just, that was just a nervous tick. I, were you through? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and if you like to get weird and explicit, uh, come on over to tall tales in the rabbit hole that, um, Proceeds Tristalk every uh, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts with impromptu shows as well. Um, but please, no sickos, or uh, we will ban you for life. How much is that pizza? What? Yeah. We appreciate you. We love you, and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, we appreciate everybody uh, joining us tonight for our Sunday night edition of Tristalk. Uh, Tuesday, our next one, uh, throw down Tuesday. We're going to be throwing some stuff down on Tuesday. Do you know that, Dennis oh. Lee? Uh, well, I do now. <laughs> um, closing thought for tonight is quick and it's so quick that I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you can you hum a few bars? Let me see if I've got a oh, <laughs> old man river. 
<laughs> Seriously. Water's deep. I have um, lost it. And the night is long. I may have to make something up here. Oh, we'll go right ahead. Oh, here it is. Remember, well, people, we tell you to verify everything. I mean, everything on the internet is not true. But what was that? Oh, what happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, every you know, every, take everything with a grain of salt until you can prove it one way or the other, right? Uh, right. Tonight's closing thought is: happiness is not by chance, but by choice. That's just about as simple as I can get it. I get more simpler than that. <laughs> All right, Dennis Lee. Let's uh, get, let, let's get those lights and <laughs> see if we can recoup, re regroup, and try it again Tuesday. Stay safe, everybody. All right. Let me pull the chain. Let me wind up in the same place. It's like we're looking for the same thing, same thing, yeah. yeah. So we really gotta do this now. Ride it with all your friends around. In the morning we can work it out, work it out. I love you so much that I hate you. Right now it's so hard to blame you. Cause you're so damn beautiful. Is it easier to stay? Is it easier to go? I don't wanna know, know, but I know that I'm never ever gonna change, and you know that you're always gonna stay the same. Is it easier to stay? Is it easier to go? I don't wanna know, know, but I know that I'm never ever gonna change, and you know you don't want it any other way. Every time that you say you wanna leave, that's when you get the very best of me. You know we need a light to ask me breathe. We breathe, yeah. I love you so much that I hate you. Right now, it's all I could blame you. Cause it's so damn beautiful. It's so damn beautiful. Is it easier to stay? Is it easier to go? I don't wanna know. But I know that I'm never ever gonna change. And you know that you're always gonna stay the same. Is it easier to stay?